So then, how do we think? The last letter is think. We seek the Lord with all of our heart. We engage in Bible study, serious Bible study, real Bible study, and we think. Seek, engage, think. Think what? Think on these things. Here it is. Philippians 4.8. Paul said it. Think on these things. And then there follows a list of good things to think on. Now, in Galatians, you can contrast the works of the flesh with the works of the Spirit. And that's a good thing to do. Galatians, is it Galatians chapter 5, I believe, where he contrasts the works of the carnal nature with the works of the Spirit. If you want to test yourself to see which one you're coming from, go read Galatians 5, the works of the flesh versus the works of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. It's an eye-opener when you read that and realize jealousy. Nobody in here has a problem with jealousy, right? Nobody has a problem with jealousy. Anybody got a problem with jealousy? Anybody got a problem with envy, strife, divisions? No one, right? Then y'all need to repent. Because you are liars, every one of you. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Seriously, go read Galatians chapter 5 and read it in a modern translation. It'll convict you. I promise you, it'll convict you. But God will cleanse you and help you through it. Now, here's the things that he tells us to think on. If we want to change our hearts, we're going to need God's help. So we've got to seek him first, right? Seek God. Secondly, we've got to really engage in Bible study. We've got to get into the Word, and the Word's got to get into us, because it's both the Spirit and the Word. And then lastly, start thinking right. Start thinking God's thoughts after Him. What does God think on? Have you ever thought about that? The other day, I was pondering the wickedness and the evil that is in this world. You know, I've been following this trial in Knoxville of the horrible deeds that these people did to that young couple. And it just, I can't wrap my mind around that, folks. I, I can't. And yet at the same time, I know that we cannot set ourselves up here and say, we would never do that. When in fact, the truth is that sometimes Christians, and please don't get offended, understand what I'm saying. I'm using terms figuratively here, spiritually. Sometimes Christians rape and murder brothers and sisters with their tongues, with their gossip, with their slander. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that we're as bad as what that was, but I am saying that none of us, none of us are above sin. None of us are immune to sin. The minute we get to thinking that we are immune to sin, we are in trouble. Because the devil will slip up on the blind side of us and help us to get into that and become prideful in our own righteousness. Oh, look at me. I'm so glad I'm not like them other sinners over there, them other Christians over there. Whenever you get to thinking that you've received some kind of special endowment of righteousness, that you are so high and holy, you better fall on your face and begin to repent and ask God to show you the sin of that thing. Because that is not right. That is not true. Neither is it true, on the other hand, the other extreme that some people use. Well, bless God, we're just all sinners saved by grace. That's the other extreme, and it isn't true. The Bible calls us believers, calls us children of God, calls us sons of God, calls us saints. And we are to aspire to be that. We're not to excuse our behavior 
by simply saying, well, we all sin. Yes, we do. But don't say that as a justification for sinning. Amen? Strive for a holy life. That is the admonition of the Bible from Genesis to Revolutions. Right? 